quick disclaimer for tonight. So tonight we're talking about anxiety and stress and depression and worry and those kind of heavy mental health issues. And I want you guys to know I'm, I'm approaching this topic with humility. I'm attempting to approach this topic with sensitivity. Uh, this is not a how-to guide. This is not six easy steps to get rid of anxiety forever, right? Man, I wish there was, right? I wish there was like a wiki how y'all could click through and just depression could just go away. Um, everyone's different. There's not a magic bullet that just eliminates anxiety and worry and stress from your life. Life is hard, right? And, and this is part of being alive. It's a struggle. It's a fight. Uh, and all of us deal with anxiety and stress and pressure. Sometimes you don't get to a certain holiness level where that stuff doesn't affect you anymore. Right. So that's the disclaimer. Right. I'm going to share with you guys some things that I believe are truly helpful. Um, but at the same time, and I want you guys to understand that, uh, that, that everyone does struggle with anxiety. Everyone struggles with worry. Everyone feels low sometimes. I mean, everyone struggles with different levels of depression. Some of them maybe what we call consider clinical depression. And, and some of it is just, man, I, I just get real down sometimes. Uh, but I want you guys to know that, that everyone does struggle with that. And it's not that I'm a bad Christian, right? Or not that when I, I reach a certain level of Christianhood, that that's just going to go away. Um, some of you guys may have seen in the news, um, and not that long ago, that, that a, a notable Christian pastor committed suicide, took his own life. A, a pastor of a church in California, uh, he man, struggled with suicide, struggled with depression. He had an organization that would help people uh, that deal with those same kind of issues. All that to say, no one's immune right? There, there's no magic bullet. There's no, hey, just memorize this verse and you'll never have depression again, right? The, the, and I want to be sensitive to that. Uh, that said, I do think there's things that help, right? I do think there are some things that help. And I really do believe that God loves us and cares for us and wants to comfort us and help us with anxiety and dep depression. Amen. Um, that life's always going to be a struggle. It's always going to be hard. That's, that stuff's always going to be around or in our periphery. Uh, until heaven, right? Um, uh, but, but I do believe there's things that help, and I do believe there's things in the Scripture we're going to look at tonight for God to, uh, to, to encourage you with. Um, and I, I'm really excited. I've been pre preparing for this message for several weeks, and I'm excited to kind of get down uh, and, and, and for us to talk about it together. I'm going to pray, uh, and then we can jump into it. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 12, if you have your Bibles. Uh, and if not, I mean the, the, the words are going to be up there on the screen. Father God, thank you so much uh, to gather with my brothers and sisters uh, here at Kyle for tonight. Uh, God, I pray that you would have your way, Holy Spirit, that you would help me to communicate well, and that you would help every heart to receive uh, your word and your truth, to be encouraged and built up by it, God, uh, that we would learn more about you and your character, God, and your love for us, Lord, uh, and God, that you would help us, Father God, to navigate this life, uh, God, in all of its struggles and difficulties, God. We love you. God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And we just glorify you, God, and pray that you would be exalted in all that we do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, uh, like I said, life is difficult, right? And sometimes because of the difficulties of life, the struggles of life, it leaves us feeling fragile. Yeah? Have you guys ever had a day where the best word to describe you would probably be fragile? Like if one more person <laughs> says the wrong word to me, I'm just going to collapse in their presence. And they've got to deal with that now, right? Like if you say, if you come at me wrong, I'm going to cry. And, and now you've got to deal with that, right? That the, some days life leaves us fragile. And maybe, maybe we can push it down, right? Maybe we can push it down deep, push it down 
and, and so, until we get home, right? And then, and then we, we, we break, break down in our room or break down in front of a best friend or mom or, or significant other, right? Um, but that, that's real life, right? The, the, the sometimes life just leaves us fragile. And, and we go around with that mask on like we're okay because that's what our culture uh, expects. But deep down, man, we feel like just one more piece of hay would break the camel's back, right, so to speak, right? Just, just one more straw and we, we can't do it anymore. That, 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 that we're like this close from like totally breaking, uh, breaking down. Um, or or, or may, maybe we're, we're in a place where that anxiety is paralyzing and, and we, we don't even feel like we can do anything. We know there's tests to study for, there's friends to hang out with, there's classes to go to, and, and just the weight of it, the heaviness of it, uh, just leaves us in a place of just not really feeling like we can do much of anything. Um, and a lot of you guys have been there, too. A lot of you guys have experienced that. Um, and that's what I want to address tonight. I want to see, uh, man, what, what, what does the Scripture have to say about this? How, what is God's heart uh, to us when we feel that way? Um, we're continuing this series that we've been going through the last couple weeks talking about rest. And we've been studying how Jesus offered rest to those around him. Looking through Matthew 11 and Matthew 12, we talked about how uh, man, life has a way of wearing us down, leaving us physically exhausted, leaving us emotionally weary, leaving us spiritually empty, and that life is relentless. It doesn't give us an off day. It just keeps going. And so a lot of us are just bogged down by that, under that weight. Um, and that is why it's so profoundly encouraging that Jesus offers us an invitation in Matthew 11 for us to find rest in him. We talked about that invitation the first week, that God wants to give us rest. He wants to lift those burdens off of our shoulders. A lot of times we're carrying stuff that God never intended for you to carry. Right, that your Father in heaven, He loves you, and, and we're carrying around sometimes these huge loads. And our Father's like, I mean, let me carry that. You're not supposed to be carrying that. What are you doing? Right? I've got something lighter for you. I've got something better for you. Uh, we talked about that the first week. Last week, we went a little deeper uh, by looking at the meaning of the Sabbath and God's purpose and us building times into our schedule to rest and connect with Him that we need it. We're designed for it. We can't go and go and go and go 24-7 without ever taking time to rest, right? We will literally wear out and break. Uh, we need to build times in our schedule to connect with Jesus, to rest, uh, and let him rest and refresh us and give us peace. We're going to continue the series tonight talking about, like I said, anxiety, stress, depression, and the rest and peace that the Lord wants us to experience in these kind of mental health areas, these areas where we, we feel, feel weighed down and, and maybe... Uh, maybe it's not physical, but we feel it physically, right? Uh, maybe it's more mental, maybe it's more emotional, uh, but, but, but the weight of it is debilitating and it's hard. We're going to look at what the Bible has to say about that. So last week we left off with Matthew chapter 12, verse 14. Uh, what we looked at was a story where, where Jesus was traveling uh, with his disciples uh, and the Pharisees. And they came after Jesus because they didn't like him. Uh, and, and they tried to, to, to ask him some trick questions and get him in trouble, tried to accuse him of violating the Sabbath and those kind of things. Jesus responds uh, to those accusations saying, guys, you don't even really understand the purpose of the Sabbath. Um, the Pharisees don't take this well, right? No one likes to be told they're wrong. And uh, the Bible tells us they start plotting to kill Jesus, right? They start making plans to kill Jesus. And so that's where we're going to pick up. Uh, in Matthew chapter 12, starting with verse, 10, uh, verse 15, Matthew chapter 12 starting with verse 15. And if you missed any of the message from the last two weeks, uh, we make those available online. They're on Kalfa's uh, podcast. And also if you go to kalfamemphis.com, I believe there's a link there as well. And you can go and catch up uh, if you missed those. But, but even if you didn't miss those, you're gonna be able to jump in just fine here. Um, Matthew chapter 12, verse 15. So like we said, 
The Pharisees are mad at Jesus. The Pharisees are plotting to kill Jesus. Uh, and, and here's what happens next. It says, but Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. Right? If someone was plotting to kill you, that would probably be your, your move too, right? <laughs> he withdrew from there. He got out of there. It says, many followed him and he healed some of them, a few of them. It says he healed them all, right? All of those that came to him, all of those that followed after him. And, they, and they've got physical issues, probably maybe some of them emotional, mental issues, different struggles. It says Jesus healed them all and warned them not to tell who he was, right? So Jesus withdraws from the area to avoid the Pharisees who were, like we said, plotting to kill him. And even though it was part of God's plan that Jesus would eventually suffer and die, it wasn't time for that yet, right? It wasn't quite time for that yet. So uh, we see Jesus evading capture, right? He's not like, okay, Pharisees, come and get me. Uh, no, he's, he's withdrawing from there. Uh, he's still loving on people. He's still healing people. Um, but we see him doing it in such a way that it doesn't draw too much attention. Uh, we see him heal people, but he asks them not to tell anyone about it, uh, at least not until after his crucifixion and resurrection. Um, you know, so, so, so Jesus is ministering to people. He's working miracles. He's healing people. He's loving on people. He's teaching people. Um, but, but here and a few other places in the gospel, after he uh, performs a miracle, we, we hear him say, don't tell anybody about this just yet, right? There will be a time to share, right? There will be a time to talk about it. It's going to be after my resurrection, right? Go, then go tell everybody. But right now, <laughs> well, let's keep this on the down low, right? Because there's people trying to kill me. So if you draw a lot of attention to me, that's going to speed up that timetable and it's not time yet. You guys understand? Does that make sense? So when you read a phrase like that, I remember uh, being a young Christian and being like, wait, we're supposed to tell everybody about Jesus. Why is he telling people to, to, keep, to keep a lid on it, right? Why is he saying not to tell anybody? That's what that's about, right? Um, and then so Matthew goes on to tell us that, that all of this is to fulfill a prophecy uh, they had been written hundreds and hundreds of years ago by the prophet Isaiah. Verse 17 says, This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Look at my servant, whom I, am, I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious, and his name will be the hope of all the world. Some of your translations may put verse 20 this way. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. So this is the prophecy that Matthew says, man, Jesus is fulfilling here. Uh, he's loving on people. He's showing compassion towards people. God's man, Holy Spirit is upon him, and that, that's why he's able to work these miracles uh, you know, he says he's the father's beloved. He's proclaiming justice to the nations, right? He's proclaiming God's love, the character of God, proclaiming the kingdom of God uh, to the people. Um, verse 19 says he's not going to fight or raise his voice in public, right? And I think this is kind of tying back to that idea of he's trying to, to keep it on the down low, right? Because there's people trying to kill him. Uh, he's not, not trying to draw a lot of attention to himself. And there are, of course, times in the Gospels we see Jesus preach to crowds of thousands and thousands of people, uh, you know, and, and sometimes perform miracles to feed crowds of thousands and thousands of people. Jesus did large-scale ministry among hundreds, among thousands. Um, but also he did ministry sometimes where he's like, hey, I'm going to do a miracle. I'm going to heal you. Now don't tell anybody, right? <laughs> you never saw me. I was not here, right? Um, so that, that's the heart. I think that's part of the humility too. It says he's not going to shout or raise his voice in public. Uh, you know, he, he, it's not that time yet for him to be exalted in that way. Verse 20 
is really where I want us to focus in on tonight, right? Everything's going to kind of focus in on verse 20. Uh, This is God's heart towards us and Jesus' heart towards us. Like I said, when we feel fragile, right? When we feel like just one more thing and we would totally break, this is God's heart towards us. It says, he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Jesus cares for us when we're feeling fragile. Bruised reed, he will not break. He's not going to crush the weakest reed. What's a reed? So a reed is like a big piece of grass. You know, how strong is a piece of grass? Uh, not very strong, right? So, sometimes some of the grass in my yard, like, is some like mutated weed grass that uh, is stronger than, than the, the weed whacker sometimes and resilient. Um, but, but so it says a, a bruised, a weak reed, right? So picture, man, a tall, tall piece of grass, worn out, bent over, about to break. Sometimes that's you, right? That's, you're, you, that's you in this situation. Sometimes life, you feel like uh, just like you're, you're a worn out piece of grass and a strong wind could just totally blow you over or break you. God says he's going to be gentle with you when you feel like that. He's going to be gentle with you when you're feeling fragile. Uh, a bruised reed, he's not going to break. He says a flickering candle, he's not going to put out. You know, or a smoldering wick, he's not going to put out. So this is not... A raging fire, right? This is a, a smoldering, a smoldering wick. Um, you know, a, a candle that's just about to go out. Uh, again, sometimes we feel like that. That if there's any fire inside, it's not much at all. Maybe just a spark. Maybe it's just that smoldering wick. And God's heart towards us is he's going to be gentle with us when we're feeling fragile like that. He's not going to snuff us out, right? He's going to be gentle with us. He knows where we're at. He knows our heart. He's going to be patient with us. He's going to be gentle with us. And is that good news for anybody? It is for me. Right? It is for me when I'm feeling broken and, and, and feeling fragile. Um, a smoldering wick, he's not going to snuff out. And, and, and maybe you feel like a bruised reed. Maybe you feel like a smoldering wick. Maybe you feel like you don't have much. Uh, and God sees that. And he's going to be patient with you. And he's going to encourage you. He's going to be gentle towards you. The Lord is gentle towards us when we're broken and hurting. He's gentle towards us when we're fragile. He wants to provide comfort and healing and give us rest. And from the anxiety, from, from the depression, from the sorrow and grief and all those kind of things that make us feel fragile in that way. Not only does Jesus want to comfort us, he understands. He understands. Jesus knew what it was, meant, what it was like to be lonely. Jesus knew what it was like to be rejected, to be sad, to be depressed. When we read the life of Jesus, we read about him uh, weeping at the death of his friend Lazarus. Right? We read about him crying before the Father when he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's absolutely overwhelmed. And, and, and he's breaking down, and, and he, he's, he's, he's praying hard. Uh, we see him feel isolated and rejected on the cross when it seemed like everyone, even God himself, had rejected him and forsaken him. He felt isolated. He felt lonely. And while he did have times of joy and re- rejoicing, his life was also marked with sorrow and grief. Right? And the Bible tells us that about Jesus. He was a man familiar with sorrows. Right? He understands. So, so when we think about not only does God love us when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling sad, when we're feeling anxious, he can understand, he can relate because he became a human being and he lived the human experience with all of its weight and all of its struggles. Right? Jesus know, knows what it is to have a really hard day or a hard week or a hard month or a hard 18, 19 years. Right? He knows what that's like. He he can sympathize, he can relate, he can empathize because he's lived it. And that's an encouragement to us because it means we have a God who can understand, who's felt the way we feel, who knows what it is to be depressed and be lonely. Is it strange to think about God being lonely, right? But he knows what that feels like. 
right? To look around and I have a single friend. Jesus knows what that feels like. And so if you're brokenhearted tonight, you can be encouraged that Jesus has been there too. And that's the good news of the gospel, right? Is that we've got a God that loves us enough uh, to not, not just love us at a distance, but to step into human history and say, I know it's your suffering, but I'm going to come and suffer alongside you because I care, because I love you, uh, and I want to be there with you. So when we feel anxious, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel depressed, when we feel worried, when we feel fragile, when we feel like the bruised reed or the, the smoldering, flickering candle, what do we do when we feel this way, Right? How do we find rest in God when we're feeling anxious and depressed, right? And that's the theme we said uh, of this series is rest. How do we find rest in God when we feel that way? How do we find peace from God when we feel that way? Uh, like I said in the beginning, there's not a magic solution. It's not just follow these four simple steps and then everything's going to be okay, right? Um, but I do think there are things that, are really, that, that really do help. And we're going to look at a few of them tonight. Uh, and the first one's this, to remind ourselves of the character of God. Right? The first thing that we should do is remind ourselves daily, hourly, maybe more often than that. Right? Remind yourself of the character of God. So what do we learn about the character of God from these verses? That God is gentle when we're fragile. Right? That God's patient with us and that God understands. And so remind, us, remind ourselves of that. And when we're feeling low, when we're overwhelmed with by, by anxiety, when we're feeling depressed, uh, when we're having those dark thoughts, it can feel like... Uh, feel like we don't have a friend in the world, but also feels like God's a million miles away. Uh, it feels like maybe God doesn't love us or doesn't care for us. I mean, if God cares for me, why is every situation going wrong? And why is my finances a minus sign in front of it number? And, and, and why, why did, did, did my friends treat me so bad? And, and why are all my grades lower than they should be, right, in all my classes? And, and if God really cares, right? And so it's in that moment we got to say, wait, wait a minute. Remind myself of the character of God. Yeah, this is a tough week, but is God still good? He is. Does God still love me? He does. Is God still gentle on my tough days? He is. Is God going to snuff me out when I'm just like a smoldering wick? No, he won't. He's not going to snuff me out. Uh, and so just remind, remind yourselves things that you know are true about God. Right? Man, man go back and, and, and read about Jesus. Read about God's love. Remind yourself things that are true of God. Remind yourself of God's character. The Lord loves us. He's gentle with us when we're broken and hurting. He's gentle with us when we're fragile. He wants to provide comfort and healing. He wants to give us rest. Remember what we, we talked about from, from Matthew 11 the first week uh, that Jesus says, I want you to come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden. Who's that? Everybody, right? Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. I want to give you rest. Right? That's God's character. That's God's heart. It's not to stand at a distance and say, uh, you're just going to have to suffer a little bit longer. It says, no, come to me. I want to give you rest. I want to give you peace. Right? I want to throw my arms around you. I want to be that comfort to you. Uh, remind yourself of God's character, who God is. Right? Instead of focusing on your situation, focus on the Lord. Remind yourself who God is. Second, number two, it's important to be honest before God and express those feelings to the Lord. Right? You're feeling down, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling overwhelmed. Okay, be real before God in that way. And we don't have to hide it from him. He knows anyway, right? He's God. He knows everything. We're not fooling him by like coming for him in prayer and acting like everything's fine. Uh, express those feelings to the Lord and bring those feelings to God. He knows anyway. And that comforting process can't begin until we first 
come to him and say, Lord, I'm hurting. Right? The, the, the healing can't begin. If I'm, if I'm sick, if I've got a cold or the flu or something, I can't start getting better until I go to the doctor and say, Doc, I'm sick. I need some medicine. Right? Uh, the healing process can't begin until we go, Lord, I'm hurting. God, I'm struggling. I'm anxious, Lord. I'm depressed. I'm worried. I'm overwhelmed. I'm scared. I need your help. We see this modeled for us again and again throughout Scripture. Man, I love reading the Bible uh, because it's full of people just like you and me. It's not full of people that have their act together, right? It's not full of people that, 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 that are perfect. Man, you see fallible character after fallible character. You see people mess up in, in such spectacular ways that your mess ups are going to seem real small. And, and you get to read about these people and their honest interactions with God. Um, and we see that modeled again and again. A couple of verses I want to look at. David pouring out his feelings to the Lord in the Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm 143. Just a couple of verses from Psalm 143. This is David. This is, you guys, if you're familiar with David, this is David uh, who, who loved God. This is David, the, the mighty warrior, right, who, who led armies and defeated Philistines and, and giants and, uh, and became the king of all Israel, right, and, uh, and, and, and wrote psalms and the, the warrior poet, right? This is, this is David, this mighty man of God, man after God's own heart. This is David. Psalm 143, verse 4. I am losing all hope and I'm paralyzed with fear, right? That's your hero, right? That's the hero of your Sunday school lesson. I'm paralyzed by fear and I've lost all hope. I'm losing all hope. Verse seven, come quickly, Lord, and answer me for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me or I'm gonna die. God, I'm so depressed. I'm so overwhelmed. I feel like I could die. Uh, right? That's David just being real before the Lord. And he's doing exactly what we should do. And when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling anxious and depressed, man, bring that stuff to God in prayer. Man, be, be real with God uh, about where we're at emotionally, right? Be real with God about where our, our mental health is at and say, God, man, this is where I'm at. Uh, no masks. I'm not hiding. This is me. Uh, God, I need your help. And that's when the comforting can begin. Express those feelings to the Lord. Be real with how you feel. You don't have to hide it. And Jesus sees it anyway. And if Jesus was real and honest with those kind of emotions when he was struggling, then you know, we should follow his example. So rather than bottle up and ignore it, right? Which is, I feel like what we have like an unseen pressure from our culture to do. That it's not culturally acceptable to like just walk around and, and be in tears all the time. Uh, that, that we feel like we've got to act like we've got it together. Um, but we see Jesus modeling uh, you know, brokenness and, and, and sadness and just owning those feelings and being real. Um, and, and, and we should follow that same example. Uh, it's okay man, to, to, when we're suffering inside to, to, to be real with that and say, God, I'm hurting. And once we brought that to God, man, he can meet us there in that pain. And then we're not alone in it, right? That, that he'll come alongside us. He's going to be there with us. Uh, express those feelings to the Lord. Be real with those feelings and express them to the Lord. God can handle it, right? You're not going to surprise God. Not, God's not going to be shocked. Like, what? No, he knows anyway, right? And so, so be real and bring that to him. He can handle it. He's big. He's a big guy. The next thing to do is this. Number three, take refuge in the Lord. Take refuge in the Lord. God is a loving father who wants to give you rest and peace. And in those times where we're overwhelmed, you can go to him and you can take refuge in him, allowing him to comfort you and you can experience closeness and intimacy with him. You know, like a father who's bandaging the scraped knee of a child. I think you said Thomas scraped his knee today playing with a friend. 
Uh, I don't know if he lets you like kiss it and put a bandaid on it, but um, <laughs> when they were littler, right? When they were littler and they'd, they'd scrape a knee, uh, they'd bust their, bust their chin or they bust everything. That's what kids do. They bust everything. And you get to love them and you get to comfort them and hold them while they cry and you get to wash the wound and then you, you try to distract them. So you can put like a little alcohol or hydrogen peroxide on there because they like got the gravel and gross stuff in it. Uh, then you bandage it up. Uh, and you hold them and you cuddle them however long they need. Right? That's, what, that's what a parent does to their kid. Uh, in the same way, man, your, your heavenly father, uh, man, man, he wants to minister to you. He wants to comfort you when you're hurting, when you're broken, when you're wounded by life. Um, there's a nearness and an intimacy in allowing him to comfort you and allowing yourself to be comforted. When we said remind yourself of God's character, we know God's character is he wants to comfort you. Allow yourself to be comforted. Allow yourself to be comforted by taking refuge in the Lord. Look at this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, we're going to look at verse 3 and 4. Paul writes, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And that, that, that's God's character. He's a merciful father and he's our source of all comfort and he's the one that comforts us in our troubles. And not only that, once we've experienced comfort from him, then we can turn around and comfort someone else who's going through the same thing, right? God, why'd you let me go through this situation? Well, there could be any number of reasons, but I'll tell you one of them is that when you meet a friend, you meet a, a, a neighbor, a classmate, you know, who's going through something similar, you can talk about, man, here's the hope that I found in Jesus when I was going through a very similar situation. Here's the comfort that God gave me when I was going through a tough time, right? That's what the Bible's telling us here, that the comfort that God gives you, you can turn around and comfort someone else with. God is our source of all comfort. If you're sad, let yourself feel sad so that God can meet you there. He wants to comfort you, but to do that, you've got to be honest about your hurts and bring those to him in prayer so that he can heal you and restore you. And this can simply look like just sitting in God's presence, right? So God, uh, again, I'm fragile, I'm weak. Life's got me down. Man, I don't feel like I can do like a full, a full on, man, whatever you expect, I guess, prayer to look like. Uh, it can just be sitting in his presence. Saying, God, I'm broken and I need you. God, I'm hurting and I need you. And just sitting there in his presence and letting him comfort you. Letting him be that refuge for your soul, right? Letting him give you that rest and peace like he promised. You don't have to say any certain words. It's not a magic spell and you've got to say the incantation just right, right, for God to do what you want. He's not a genie. He's your father and he loves you. So just come to God and say, God, I need you. Or like what did David say? I got to feel like I'm going to die. I'm so depressed. God, I've lost all hope. I need you, right? A prayer like that. Just being real with God, sitting in his presence. It can look like sitting in his presence in prayer. It can look like worshiping, right? So I, I can't play an instrument. I can't sing. Well, then put, put something on, on Spotify or YouTube, right, to worship along with. Uh, you don't even need music at all, man. Just, just tell God he's good and that you love him. Uh, man, declare things you know are true about God. Uh, even if you met your heart, maybe doesn't feel him in that moment. Uh, just worship God and see if he shows up and see if he meets you there and comforts you there. It can look like reading the scriptures, man, reading encouraging scriptures like these ones that we're looking at, man, reading through the scriptures, reading the truth, uh, and and seeing seeing how God's word increases your faith and builds you up and gives you comfort. Another verse to look at, John chapter 14, verse 27. 
Jesus promises to meet us in those moments and give us real lasting peace. This is what Jesus says, John 14, 27. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift. I'm giving you my peace. I want you to have peace of mind. I want you to have peace in your heart when you're emotionally overwhelmed. I want you to have peace. I want you to have rest. And Jesus says the peace that he gives is different than the peace the world gives. The world offers all kinds of ways to cope with anxiety and depression. And honestly, some of them can be helpful, right? Man, there, are, there are helpful strategies. There are things that you can do. It's not like you can't man, 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 learn from, from, from different, different helpful techniques. Um, and, and therapy can be helpful. Um, and talking to people can be helpful. There's things we can do that are helpful. But there's also man, lots of things the world offers that are just merely distractions. Merely distractions that don't actually address our real hurts, right? Just like, hey, look over here for a second and maybe forget about how much you're hurting, right? And I'm going to distract you with this. Busy yourself with this. Uh, entertain yourself with this. But it's stuff that's not addressing those deep down hurts, right? Those things deep down are just left to fester, right? Like having a, a mortal wound and just putting a Band-Aid on it, right? That, that, okay, it looks like I've done something to help, so I'm just going to keep going. No, I'm, I'm still dying because you've not, you've not treated the actual the actual wound there, right? And a lot, of the, a lot of the world, the culture's remedies are just that. They're distractions. Or worse than distractions, they're going to end up being harmful uh, and leave you in a worse place than you started, right? If some of those distractions and coping mechanisms, man, look like substance abuse, right? Look like alcohol abuse and those kind of things. Uh, they say, hey, I don't feel anything anymore, right? Okay, you don't feel anything anymore, but you're not better, you're not better, and eventually that's going to wear off, and you're going to be in just as bad a place as you started. But that's not an answer, right? That, that may be an, an answer that the world offers. is like, hey, I've got a way to numb that, uh, to, to make it where you don't feel anything. But it's not actually treating the problem, right? You guys see the difference. Jesus says, I'm giving you a peace. It's not like that. It's not like the peace the world gives. It's not just a, a, a Band-Aid but doesn't treat the real issue. It's not just going to make you numb, but the problem doesn't go away. No, I'm, I want to give you real peace. I want to give you real rest to your soul. I want to give you peace of mind and peace of heart. Not like how the world does it, but real peace. Real peace. That's what Jesus wants to offer. We read earlier, Jesus healed all those that came to him. And guys, he wants to heal you as well. Whatever that looks like in your life, right? Whatever wounds are deep inside, uh, whatever hurts, disappointments from your past, um, whatever current drama, struggles are going on that, that's leaving you in a place where you feel like the flickering candle, or you feel weak, you feel fragile. Jesus wants to minister to that. And Jesus wants to encourage you. He wants to bring healing there. He wants to bring peace. Again, this may not be immediate. All your struggles may not disappear overnight, just like that. Man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. I wish I could just be like, Shelby, make all our problems go away. Uh, I would do it too, because I care about her. I care about all you guys. Um, Jesus can heal us and he can restore us. And if we take refuge in him and put our struggles in his, his hands, it may not be immediate. It may not be overnight. And sometimes deliverance is immediate. And sometimes we'll, we'll spend time in God's presence uh, in, in a worship service and a prayer time or maybe just alone in our room. God shows up. Holy Spirit shows up uh, and, and something falls off. Something changes. Maybe some of you guys have experienced that. Uh, man, sometimes deliverance does happen in a moment. You have that encounter with God and man, God, you did something and you healed something. Uh, you strengthen me. And then sometimes it's a process, right? That can take days or, or weeks or months or years as God walks you through it. Um, 
But God can heal you when you put, put refuge in him, uh, when you take refuge in him, when you place those struggles in his hands. So take refuge in the Lord. And lastly, last thing I want to look at, number four, invite others in. When we're hurting, we tend to isolate, right? We want to be alone in our hurts. Um, I don't know why that's human nature, but it is, right? We push other people away. We just want to be alone. We, we don't want, maybe we don't want to bother other people. Maybe we're so hurt we couldn't, couldn't bear for someone to say that one more thing to make it even worse. So it's like, hey, if I isolate myself, no one's going to tell me anything, right? Um, we isolate ourselves. Uh, again, that's not helpful, right? That's not going to help your anxiety. That's not going to help your depression. That's not going to help your worry. We've got to invite others in. Don't go through it alone. When you are feeling low, turn to your community and let others come alongside you. One of the ways God wants to comfort you is through the body of Christ, right? Through your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ that are God's hands and feet uh, here in this world. Uh, through friends that want to love on you and want to encourage you and want to make you laugh and want to take you out and, and go do something fun, right? That, that's one of the ways God wants to encourage you is through each other. We need community. Desperately, desperately we need community. Um, we, were, we were designed in such a way that we are social creatures. We can't do it alone, right? We can't do life alone. Um, nowhere in the history of Christianity is Christianity like a solo sport, just one person and God hanging out, right? From, from its inception, Christianity has always been a community thing, a team sport, right? We need each other. We need each other. I need you, and you need the, the girl sitting next to you. You need the guy sitting across from you. We need each other. That's right. That's right. We need each other. We need, we need that friendship. We need that encouragement. Maybe you don't feel like you need it today. Well, your neighbor may need it, right? And you might need it tomorrow. But we've got to have each other. We've got to have community. Galatians 6.2, it's not up there, uh, but, but Paul encourages us to bear one another's burdens. Why? Because these burdens are too hard to carry on our own, right? Yes, we can bring them to God. God, God wants to give us, uh, you know, t- take that burden and give us his easy yoke. But also we've got our brothers and sisters that can also help bear those burdens, right? When we're going through a tough time, we can call on a friend, right? Have you guys ever, when you're struggling, called on a friend? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a friend? You didn't call on them, but they kind of knew and they showed up anyway. Yeah. And you're like, hey, come, leave me alone. But, but really, like, you're glad they're there. Uh, and, and, and maybe it takes some time, but they get you to smile. Right? They, they cheer you up. Uh, we, we need those friends. And we need to invite people in. And so as we begin to realize, hey, I'm having a down day or a down week or I'm feeling low, I'm feeling anxious, um, and don't, don't isolate. Invite people in. Man, 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 call, call, call up some guys in Calpha. Call some girls in Calpha. Uh, call your life group leader. You know, call, call me or, or, or Jackie. Man, talk to somebody. Uh, invite someone else in man, so that we can bear each other's burdens, so we can encourage one another. We need each other. We need those friends we can talk to who are going to be there for us and encourage us and pray for us. Right? I hope, man, I hope each and every one of you has a friend that you could, you could call or text. Probably more likely to text, right? 2019. A friend that you can text and say, would you pray for me? Like, man, I really hope you've got a friend like that. If you don't have a friend like that, don't leave here tonight until you have one, right? Say, hey, I, I need a friend. I need a friend that I can, can text. Hey, would you pray for me? Hey, would you, I'm having a tough day, right, man? Can, 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 can we hang out or, uh, we, we need that, right? Um, again, that's a big purpose of our, our life groups, the small groups that meet on Monday and Tuesday afternoons. If you've not yet gotten involved with one of those, man, please, please do. Uh, if you can't, can't make those times, there are, there's other, other ways, other places to hang out. Um, but but we, need, we need community. We need one another. Invite other people in. We need each other. 
I was having lunch with a friend uh, just earlier this week, and we were talking about these same kind of things. We were talking about anxiety. We were talking about depression, uh, and, and, and he, he's dealt with some of these issues for, for most of his life, right? He's familiar with it, um, and, and we're talking about it. Uh, and I asked him a question. I said, hey, if you could, if you could share one thing right, with a bunch of college students, what would you say? As someone who's about my age, right, and has dealt with this for a long time, uh, you know, what, what's something helpful that you would say? And I'm gonna tell, he said, well, actually, I got two things. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> so these are the two things that he said um, that just he's learned, right, from his experience. Number one is that your anxiety lies to you. Right? Your brain lies to you. Uh, that, that it's going to tell you things that are not true. And so when you, when you begin to recognize, man, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling low, man, man kind of recognize the ways maybe your, your, your mind's lying to you. Your mind deceives you. Uh, the Bible tells us this, that the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Right? That our emotions and our minds, man, will, will lie to us. Right? So we can't put our, all our confidence in our emotions and how we feel. Um, but he said, yeah, your anxiety will lie to you. It'll tell you everybody hates you, but everybody don't hate you, right? It'll tell you that you're worthless, but you're not worthless. Man, you've got tremendous worth because you're made in the image of God. So you've got value and dignity and worth and talents and abilities. You're valuable. You matter. But, but, but your anxiety lies to you, so you've got to stop listening to it, right? The, the, those feelings that you have are not reality, right? But, 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 but your anxiety can make it feel like that's reality. So first of all, man, recognize that. And then the number two was recognize that it's not going to last forever. In the moment, it might feel like, oh, this is going to last forever. Um, but, but, but remember, maybe the last time you felt low, and then it, and then it passed. And kind of remember, okay, this is going to pass too. You know, maybe I just need some sleep. Maybe I'll wake up tomorrow feeling better, or, or maybe next week I'll feel a lot better. But this isn't forever. And I, and I think when people uh, do start uh, getting really low with their depression and turning to self-harm and even suicide, I think it comes to a place of like, this is just my life. I'm just stuck with this forever. Well, I want out, right? And so it's to remind yourself, man, this isn't forever. And this isn't your reality. Um, it's not going to last forever. And, and, and you're going to come out the other side of it. I want to encourage you guys uh, that, that as you guys are struggling, don't struggle alone. Invite other people in and tell somebody, tell me, tell, tell Jackie and talk to your life group leader. Uh, say, hey, I'm, I'm having a tough season. Um, man, man, stuff's not going right. Uh, and and, and we're, we're the kind of community, the kind of family where you can be real with that stuff. You don't have to be fake here. Right? You can say I'm struggling and, and we're not going to be shocked and appalled. Right? You're, we're going to try to comfort you and love you and encourage you uh, and, and pray for you and do whatever we can to help. Um, we, need, we need the community. We need the community. We need each other. One last verse to look at and then we're going to close up tonight. Again, reminding ourselves of God's character and who he is. This is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Peter writes this. Cast all your anxiety on him. Or some of your translations might say, cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety, all your cares on him because he cares for you. Uh, God loves you. He's big enough to handle it. And you can bring those anxieties, bring those worries to him. He wants to give you encouragement. He wants to give you peace. Uh, he wants to give you rest uh, from those things. It's not God's plan for you just to, to, to carry those things forever, right? And, and as a parent, you know, we, we, you know we, we've got our own kids. But if I knew my, my, my son, my daughter was struggling, feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxious, I'd want them to bring that to me so we could talk about it, right? And I could figure out ways to encourage them or lighten their load or help them. Your Heavenly Father, I mean, how much more? Your Heavenly Father is perfect uh, and loves you better than I could ever love my own kids, 
how much more does he want you to feel like you can bring that to him? And he wants to encourage you. He wants to figure out how to help. Um, a flickering candle he's not going to snuff out. And if that's you here tonight and, and you just feel like, man, I'm mad I'm at the end of my rope, uh, we want to pray for you and encourage you. Again, this is a, this is a safe place. Um, and, uh, man, man, I, I want to give, give people time to uh, spend time in God's presence and, uh, and experience God's rest and God's peace. Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, thank you for your great love for us. God, thank you that you're patient with us. Thank you that you're gentle towards us, God. Thank you for your great kindness towards us, Lord. God, I know in this room there, there's people in all different kinds of situations. Some people are doing great. And this message is kind of like, okay, uh, everything's going fine right now, but it may be something useful for the future for them. And some people are right now in the absolute thick of it. Maybe they didn't even want to come tonight, but they just kind of made themselves. God, I pray that you would minister to those, God, right where they're at. God, let them experience your love, your intimacy, your nearness, God. God, your peace, your encouragement, Lord. God, the rest that you want to give them.